start it up, dog. Hello there. Welcome back to Farthest Galaxy, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your local scruffy-looking nerf herder hunter, and as always, I'm joined by Jedi Master Alex. Yes. And man, we've been gone for about a week and a half, because I'm going to post this immediately, basically, when you leave. And uh, we've just been busy with life stuff. You know, we, I had, you know, you had your vacation, and then we had, uh, we started going to the gym, and then I got busy with plans, and got yeah. caught up in the moments, but... We usually try to record these on Saturdays. Saturdays so have been busy. If his Saturday, I, mine are usually open, but when Hunter fills up his Saturdays, we obviously can't record on Saturday. Yeah. And our makeup days were usually Mondays and Wednesdays, but now we're going to the gym after work, so we're not getting home until, like... 6.15, 6.30 sometimes. Yeah. I know that you like to go out to dinner sometimes with your girlfriend or this, that, mm-hmm. and the other thing. I mean, I don't even take you home from the gym. So. No, not always. <laughs> not ever. Like, oh, yeah. I've forgot. never done <laughs> I thought he did never, it the first time. Ever, no. no, yeah. So we're back in biz. I'm going to post this immediately. And then we're going to have the other one come out next Thursday on the scheduled time. And then we're going to continue forward. Fingers crossed, you know. Let's hope for the best. All right. So this week we're going to be covering Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2017. Mm-hmm. Because it's got some canonical story bits, and we both just wanted to play it again, because it's honestly really good. It is good. I was, when I first played it's it back when episode. it came out, and when it first came <laughs> we're done. Yeah. When it first came out a couple years ago, I was a little disappointed in some of the moments. Yeah, for sure. But now re-watching all the Star Wars content, and just like living in the Star Wars moment, I played that game, and I was like, this is just a movie with too many ships. Yeah. Like, that scene at the beginning where she shoots out of the fucking torpedo pit. I was like, what? Like the sickest thing. I was like, what? She does in the whole game, I would say. <laughs> and it all happens in the first one. Well, minutes. the breakout scene is just really cool. And then, you know, Resurrection's interesting. We can talk about that when we get there. Resurrection's cool. I, I just think a lot of the points and, like, themes and stuff that they were really hyping this game and the story up about ultimately fall flat when you do play them. There are some things I mean, that are a little sus. It's really cool, yeah. but there's a lot of stuff that's equally as, like, Okay. It's just awesome that it bridges some of the gap between After Six and Mandalorian, essentially. I mean, yeah, pretty much. It, it's just a shame that they marketed it as this is going to be like the bridge between Six and Seven. Yeah. And then they're like, it's actually going to be like a year or two after Six, and then we're going to do like a 30-year time skip for the last <laughs> mission, and that's literally going to be it. Yeah, the first mission takes place, so the first two missions are right at the beginning, uh, right at the end of Episode Six, basically. You shoot out, you land on Endor, Death Star, Death Star 2 explodes right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, not a teeny. Um, yub-nub happens. Yeah, they do the yub-nub. Yub-nub. And then you basically get captured. Oh, no, you go to Vardos after, like, a mission or two. Because you're like, what do we do? The Empire's gone. And the, your, your dad's like, no, it's not. We're still evil. Nazis, yes. Yeah, it's really cool just yeah. seeing the... The remnant of the Empire. Actually, yeah. for a rewrite that I've been thinking about ideas for us rewriting the sequel, I'm like, instead of calling <laughs> them the First Order, how about we call them the Imperial Remnant? Or the Doesn't New, that, em- the new that sound Empire. Like a little bit more imposing? Like, what is the First Order? Is it just so that Palpatine can have his final order come the last movie? I don't think... Palpat- did Palpatine write the First Order, though? Like, that was his dealio? It totally is. I mean... It's all his. Now that we know he's back in nine, if, yeah. If he's Snoke and Snoke's the leader of the First Order, yeah. then yeah, it's his. And Project Resurrection... Yeah, this is all... ...is about resurrecting all the First Order and, obviously, undertones of Palpy's resurrection. I'm pretty sure... The Somehow the, the Emperor Order, has returned. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the First <laughs> Order was a way to draw, like, um, 
similarities between the Reichs of the German yeah, Empire, for sure. obviously. Yeah. It's like, obviously, the First Reich, the, the First Order. order! It's like, I was yeah. wondering if maybe, like, as time went on, the Second Order. But no, they just went the First and the Final. Well, it's because like, they got fucked up. Like, this is smart. <laughs> this is good writing. Yeah, and what's cool is you actually end Resurrection, so spoilers, you end Resurrection right as Starkiller base is blowing up and you yeah. see it like turn into like a sun for a bit, and I'm like, that's kind of so fire. It's practically the end of yeah. 7, beginning of 8, right? Yeah, and then Zay shows up in a book yeah, or something. Book. I wrote it in the... Yeah. Uh, oh, you did? Okay, cool. It's in here somewhere. All right, so but yeah. before we get more into that, we got a little bit of news to talk about since it's been a couple weeks. Yes. So news, this is this a little dated. It's like two weeks old. Yes, but it's still... Cool to talk about. It's still interesting. So, StarWars.com has a new article detailing Palpatine's survival when he was tossed into the reactor shaft by Vades. Mm-hmm. This information was in the Skywalker novelization, but is now easily available to anyone who didn't know. Yeah. Life transference. It's very stupid. I think we've talked about it once or twice. So, I've read it a couple times, yeah. for sure. It's very uh, dumb. So, the whole thing is, while Palpatine was falling down the shaft, before his body even, like, was destroyed by the electricity or, or the fall. hit the proverbial ground, as it were, right? <laughs> what does that even look like? Until like becomes... Is there a bottom or is it just arc welds? <laughs> Until right? it what becomes a, a palp. So his body was dead and his spirit was <laughs> out of his body. That was that ex- little blue explosion, he, Yeah, right? before he even would have hit the bottom yeah. or before his body would have been destroyed. We thought the blue explosion was him hitting the lightning and blowing up, but it was actually him transferring his it's life essence. So He's stupid. So stupid. It's because they just, they wrote themselves into a corner having to explain how Palpatine fucking survived 30 years. Somehow, the Emperor has returned. Yeah, no shit. How? It's, oh, life transference. Just coming up with a new villain. Well, they, they also went, Ben also used, used life transference on Rey so she could live. And then he died. Yeah, and I'm like, why couldn't yeah, she just, what? Life sharing or whatever. It's kind of It's, it's their forced dyad. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> different. It's the same. I don't know. Force healing became like a thing that... It was always in the games and stuff. I think it's been in a couple comics, but it's never been in Clone Wars. It's never been. It was in, the in Mando movies. with uh, the baby. Yeah, well, that was literally the episode that aired before Rise of it Skywalker. It was when he heals uh, Carl Weathers. Dude, when I saw that, I think we talked about this. I was like, "Yeah, Yo, Grogu is dropping the Force healing." I'm like, how much you want to bet that they're putting this in Mandalorian because the Rise of Skywalker is coming out next week? And Rey uses it. And there's going to be some Force healing. <laughs> yeah, Rey uses it on a worm. Literally, that's what I was thinking. And then she uses it on um, Ben. Uh, I mean, she I was also a little bit of the mindset that we might have some Mandalorian tie-in stuff for Rise of Skywalker. Because I was like, oh, you know, we get our first season finale, but they just didn't do any of that. Well, it's because their story for him wasn't... His ship couldn't have shown up because it blows up in season two, and exactly. you know that takes place in the past. So they're like, we can't do anything with Mando until his story is done. And I can appreciate that, yeah. not wanting to put the Mando kind of in a corner, where it's like, now we have to get him to this point, like they did with Luke Skywalker. Yep, now we have to get Luke here. Now we have to get Luke to miserable old guy who's afraid <laughs> of being a hero, I guess. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Because I failed. So beyond the Emperor Palpatine article, uh, the Lego Star Wars group actually teased a Halloween special that's going to begin streaming on Disney Plus on October 1st. It's going to be about Poe and BB-8 returning uh, to Lego Star Wars with terrifying tales in an animated Halloween special set after the events of Rise of Skywalker. And after Life Day, probably. And after, well... It could be before because it, it it's Halloween. Be, it be the year after, you know? It could be the year after. We're, we're, it's Lego, so... Yeah. It's, it's not really this, canonical, but it is! Yeah, this stuff just kind of exists. In we say it's world. canon. <laughs> um, so it's an animated thing that has Poe and BB-8 traveling to Mustafar, 
Oh, yeah, dude. Like Mustafar, we all do. And they're forced to make an emergency landing there when they happen to encounter Grobala. Yeah, Hulk. dude, from Freemaker from Adventures. Freemaker. There he is. She's the newest owner of Darth Vader's castle, which is being transformed into a themed resort. Yeah, so, dude, Grobala's awesome. He's voiced by the Gazpacho guy from Chowder. I'm, I'm gonna oh, keep it so real good. with you. I'm expecting to see like Darth Bane stuff. Because it's stuff. horror. Just really getting, yeah. like, goofy. Lego right? horror like, stuff, yeah. Like, Palpatine's ghost to be like, and these are the Sith Lords that I think are cool. Oh, yeah. Like, like, and he's like still gonna be like the Chad. And it'll be like the Shirtless. Stormtrooper wearing, like, the, just the Speedo. <laughs> yeah. But it'll have Revan's helmet on it with a hood. <laughs> and he'll be like, don't look at that. That's private. Look how ripped he is. <laughs> That's private. We don't look at that. <laughs> so, I... I'm excited for that. It's always yeah. cool to get a new Lego property because those are always just fun, stupid Dude, things. the Lego Life Day special was, the holiday special was really, really good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I think you just shut your brain off and enjoy them. Yeah. It's like, it's just something to do. That's why I liked watching all the Lego content because like, even though it's like loosely canonical and it fits into places, mm-hmm. it's just fun because they point fun at themselves. Yeah. There's an episode of um, the the Raid on Coruscant. Oh, no, it's the Lego Droid Tales where they go back in time. Because C-3PO is telling stories. And there's a section where Watto is there. And he's like, red flags! Get your red flags here! And he's talking about like Darth Vader and Anakin. It's, yeah. it's just so good. That's funny. I, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, cheeky little nods. This, four, this third bit is actually more so a correction and kind of a revelation than anything else. We're just dumb. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, we talked about uh, Mads Mikkelsen's brother, Lars Mikkelsen, voicing Thrawn. Or, or actually being Thrawn in live action. And when we had talked about this, both of us didn't even realize that he actually voices Thrawn. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's it's literally the perfect cast. Yeah, because he's tall, be he's Swedish, and he's got the accent. He's literally the dude. Oh, he's not, I think Mikkelsen's Swedish and Danish? I'm not going to lie, I'm no. not 100% certain. Yeah. I do not have my Mads Mikkelsen Wikipedia page pulled out. <laughs> well, I just know he's a weird and awesome actor, so. Um, the fourth bit of news, I, I'll touch on it lightly, basically... The people who work on the MCU's What If series kind of brought forth this idea that Luke Skywalker would make an amazing Avenger. So, based on the popularity of What If, there is a possibility that we may one day get a Star Wars What If, or we might just get a merging of these two things of What If Star Wars and Marvel came together, and Luke Skywalker was an Avenger, and Darth Vader got the Infinity Gauntlet. You know, I had it. Right? Uh, you know, I had a story like that that I wanted to. I was talking to James about it because we were all about writing books and stuff. And I was like, you know what I'd love to see or even write? Because it's in a galaxy far, far away, blah, blah. But what if mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker crashed on Earth in Manhattan and was like fighting people with a lightsaber? Yeah. And then they're like, no, you can, you're going to join the Avengers because you're like a genuine good guy. Yeah, you can use the force and like, and it would just be a 32-page story about just Luke. Be being cool. on Earth. I, I think having a Jedi, just one Jedi, though, in the universe kind of takes away from the mysticism a little bit of, like, what that kind of character can do. Because, I mean, who, wins, small who wins in a fight? Luke Skywalker from Episode Five or Thanos? Thanos. Thanos, all day. <laughs> he's right? just a person it, with a yeah, sword. he's just a guy with a laser <laughs> stick at that point. Right? Yeah. It's like the Force, he wasn't really that well trained. Well, that's why you have to write like, it properly. Which version of Luke do we have, right? It's, it's going like, to be six. Where, where in Marvel are we dropping him? Is it like mm-hmm. before our superheroes are really established? Are the Avengers just coming together? Well, that's something you'd it's have lot, to pitch yeah, to uh, Marvel of, uh, and see what they bounce back at you with their editors' it's a lot notes. Of little things there. I mean, I honestly think if you were going to bring Luke Skywalker in, yeah. he would almost have to replace Captain America in a sense. That could be cool. Right? What if he landed? What, what, what if Cap actually died? He, he's in the ice. They got him out. It's like we got the shield, but Cap's dead, right? It's and then like, the, but there's a ship right next to him. Luke Skywalker. And it's Luke Skywalker frozen in the ship. 
<laughs> he could be like, I appreciate what you guys were going for here, but I'm not Captain America. He's like, this is the symbol we use. Mm-hmm. And then the shield is repaint or redone with the Republic symbol. Yeah. And it's Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber and a Republic, <laughs> you know, vibranium shield. That'd that would be, be really awesome. cool. That could be sick. Do you want to read uh, some of the quotes that mm. they were saying? AC Bradley and Brian Andrews? Yeah, so AC Bradley said, and this is with an interview with Collider, I believe. He said, I was kind of notorious for trying to get a Star Wars character involved. We did try at one point, but there was. It's kind of like, play with the sandbox you're given. We gave you the entire MCU, run with that. And I was like, okay, a Luke Skywalker would be an amazing Avenger. And Brian Andrews, he added on, you know, it's true, we did have those thoughts. And we were just like, woo. And then that's when they were like, hey, guys, there are a little bit of guidelines. Stick with the MCU. But who knows if fans watch it and love it and clamor enough in the future episodes, who knows what could happen? What if, right? So that's kind of the mindset of the people who are working on these shows. And it's very much corporate right now mm. telling them, play in your lane. Don't screw yeah. with this too much. But the Stick next to your thing about what if, as of recording this episode, we have two episodes that we've seen. One is this great show, and one is okay. This show is very much saying we don't give a shit about what <laughs> the MCU established. Oh, yeah. We're kind of doing our own thing here yeah. and very much... These characters could make an appearance in live action. They may never make an appearance in live action. But what happens in this show is just for us to have fun and literally say... People what? are still speculating that Peggy was still the character that showed up in that quickly, like, little behind-the-scenes thing in Loki. Where Loki Maybe. enters in and then you just see someone that looks like Haley Atwell. People are like, it could still be it could her because it looks similar. It and we'll say it until it's not... You know, yeah. And I don't want to be too spoiler-heavy because this is a Star Wars thing and we're talking about MCU, but... Spoilers for what if, um, we do now have confirmation that it's not the same universes, so T'Challa and Hale... And, oh yeah, they're not the same yeah, one. they're not in the yeah, same, because obviously in T'Challa's universe, the Captain America shield is there. She never got a Captain America shield, it would not exist in her universe. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Each one's a multiverse, the Watcher talks about it, and then he's going to bring them all together in the final episode for Ultron Infinite, That's Infinity Ultron or something. Be really Skywalker's going to be there with Deadpool. I think Deadpool will show up, and the Watcher's going to go, no, and just chuck him back and go, not right now, story for another time. Blue shirt guy will be there. Dude, honestly, dude, Free Guy was so good. If y'all haven't seen Free Guy, please get to a movie theater and see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. There's some Star Wars stuff. It's surprisingly. <laughs> All right. That's a, it for the news, man. No content update because the next episode we're going to be talking about Bad Batch Part 2. We're just going to finish up the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. But uh, quick quick overview. You like it? It was good? The, for the Bad Batch? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, I, and I will save it for when we talk about it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Give if, me any, tease, if anybody wants a little bit behind the scenes, we're going to be talking about it legitimately right after this episode. Yeah, we're filming two. We're filming two today. <laughs> so, um... Uh, I do think the overall it was good. Oh, for sure, I, it definitely I, wasn't I think a bad it's show. Better than the first two seasons of Clone Wars, uh, Hands as down. far as like having cohesive things happening. Season three, it's like to enjoy the kind of story. Yeah. But also, we're not bouncing around between characters a lot. We're very much following the bad guys. It's the same ones, really. except when they throw in like Hera, yeah, except or, for the, the episodes about or like you know, Cad Bane and Fennec Shand, and yeah. But I do think that it was good. I think it had a good ending. Not like a really strong, amazing ending. It was still good. Um, I will want to talk about a plot issue that I have for the finale when yeah. we finally talk about that. But mm-hmm. overall, I think it was pretty good. Pretty I, solid. I, I won't say it was great or amazing or fantastic, mm-hmm. but it was definitely an enjoyable season. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? I liked it a lot. I think I liked it a little bit more than you, only because I'm not as deep into that kind of stuff as you are. You're a huge fan. I'm still, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan. But 
there's some bits where I can just let it slide because I'm like, I can see what they're trying to build here. So unless they don't pay anything off, then I'll be upset. Well, right now I'm still on the high hopes, especially with the little end credit scene we yeah. got. We'll talk about it in the next episode. Especially with some of the stuff that I've started looking into yep. now. So it could be, it could ultimately pan out. To yeah, be and cool. also ties into a lot of content that we've already seen, like Mandalorian and what we'll see in Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Potentially with what well, our theory with Omega getting some of the armor and showing up in Book of Boba, like, "Hey, I'm your sister." I'll leave it at this for right now. I think Sid was a big part of my issue with the season because Sid just how, does nothing. And how involved they kind of make Sid yeah. with the Bad Batch. I'm like, I don't care. Well, it's because they have to do mercenary missions to make yeah. money and hide. And I'm like, I get it. But after, like, the first three times, you've said, this is the last job. It should have been the last job. Yeah, yeah for sure. I 100%. Like, I understand when they fail with Trace and Rafa and they, like, don't give the information to Sid. I understand how they're still in her debt. Fine. Give us another episode where they go save Michi or whatever it was called. How about the episode where she's literally Mochi. like, and your debt to me is paid off. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, Oh, sweet, so we're done with Sid. And then next week, they're like, we're doing a mission for Sid. I'm yeah. like, oh, my. And then they have to go back to Sid, and she's, like, got her bar taken over by not Nathan Fillion, yeah, it's, Devorian, it's and really then, weird. yeah. It's really weird. I mean, it'll be, it'll be a good conversation to have in about an hour. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so we'll get into it later. But right now, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yes. Alex, you want to hit us with some of the uh, notes while I look for my page? Yes, for certain. So, uh, Battlefront 2... Uh, I'm not really going to talk too much about the development or anything. It's basically... They did it. They did it. EA did it. EA and DICE, <laughs> they made the first Battlefront game, and it was hit with um, less than positive reception when they didn't have a lot of heroes and the omission of a single-player campaign. And also mad loot crates. Oh, you're talking about the first game. Yeah, the first game. Um, so their sequel, when they came to making this one, they knew that they were going to have to introduce a campaign, and this was very much pitched as... This is what it's going to be like for people in the Empire, right? Moving into that First Order type mm-hmm. deal. That's how it was pitched. That's how, if you watch any of the trailers, that's very much how the story comes across. That's how it goes. You're expecting to play as this character that they made, Ivan Verzio, and start as a commander for an elite squadron in the Empire at the point where they fall. You're basically like a death trooper. And moving into it. Right. Uh, there is actually a shot, which for the longest time I thought it was her on Starkiller Base. It's not. Yeah. It's actually her on her home planet. Vardos. It just looks a lot like Starkiller Base from the angle that they took in the yeah. trailer. So for me, I was always w- expecting that point when she got there. Mm-hmm. That point never comes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, j- I'm just going to jump right into it with the uh, main story. And I'm for just sure. going to start reading off the points. And yeah, we'll talk about the mission. Yeah. And talk about this stuff. Yeah. So, Aiden Verzio, commander of Inferno Squad, is interrogated aboard the rebel cruiser Invincible Faith. The captain suggests she joins the rebellion while trying to get out of her access codes to, to her dro- while trying to get out of her access codes to her droid. That's a weird way to phrase it. It is. <laughs> I took these from Wikipedia, so gotta love it. Cut me some slack. Uh, after he leaves, Aiden remotely activates the droid, which frees her. Aiden then sneaks to the cruiser's computer, where she deletes the intercepted message from Moth Wraith. Moth Wraith. Regarding the Empire's trap at Endor, this triggers an alarm, but the Aiden, the Aiden, but Aiden escapes <laughs> aboard the Corvus, regrouping with Agents Gideon, Hass, her second-in-command, and Del Miko and her crew. So, something to talk about real quick as far as her escape, and this is something that we had alluded to just a little cool bit. Cool stuff. She shoots herself out, out of a torpedo. airlock. Oh, it's an, I thought it was a torpedo. Airlock, but the, the suction of space rips her right out. Yeah. So that's the thing that launches her. 
and she launches right out the airlock and In, into the Corvus. Yep. And then into that like thing the, the bay. right into hyperspace, yep. and, it, and they're gone. She just slides in, and then a one of the coolest scenes in Star. Wars. I would have loved to have seen that in a movie. Down. Absolutely. Battlefront Two. Honestly, the story mode. I would love to see adapted into a movie. I know with video games, a lot of things look like movies now, mm-hmm. but I would love to see Iden Versio show up in one of the movies, same with Calcast as we talked yeah. about that, just to see them, how they would play it out. Because, no offense to this game, but uh, Fallen Order comes more across as a movie yeah. because it has a lot more flashbacks and it's got like this like more interesting character takes. It's, it's more like a Dark Souls game. It's not, yeah. re- it's not really like a Batman or something where it's like, Oh, this is all gameplay. I mean, there's a lot of it's a lot of game running play. around yeah. and running through like tunnels and trying to figure out your and there's little shit. puzzles and stuff. But if you watch just the cutscenes, it literally feels like a season of a show almost. Yeah, and then with this game, it's just mostly like here's a ship thing with no cutscenes, and then mm-hmm. here's a bunch of live action stuff. Yeah, the, the worst thing for me, and, and I talked about it. this when it comes to squadrons too, is I hate it when it's just characters in ships flying around talking to each other and, and they're just talking that's all squadrons. and then an objective comes and it's like it's actually like a thousand meters in the other because you ended up flying the wrong way you've just been flying in circles like a fool yeah. it's like please just give me my objectives and have your conversation while i'm on the way yeah you know i i hate it personally when people are having a conversation and i get to my objective and then it just cuts and we're in the cutscene. it's like how about you just give me my objective, let them have their dialogue, and then when I get to the objective, let me fly around the objective for a little bit yeah. and then cut to the cutscene. Because mm. so, I want all the dialogue. Yeah. I just don't want to have to go through the monotony of getting the dialogue and then yeah. it's like, all right, now go all the yeah, way. I got every bit of dialogue from uh, Squadrons because every time the mission would start up, you had opportunity to talk to people, and every yeah. time the mission ended, you had an opportunity to talk to your buddies inside the base. I think Squadrons had a decent story overall. I just wish it wasn't plagued by... Having two separate stories. Yeah. I wish it was just one cohesive I, I one. I still haven't even finished it. I'd recommend so, it. So there's some stuff there that I'm really curious to We'll talk about myself. it at some point. I heard it has a really cool ending. It, it's pretty cool. So I, Definitely I, teasing I really, up some future really Star Wars stuff. Yeah. It's something that definitely interests me. So anyway, after Aiden shoots her asshole out of the airlock, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. sometime later Inferno participates in the Battle of Endor, witnessing the destruction of the Death Star 2. Yeah. Vice Admiral Sloan orders a full retreat of the of the Imperial fleet out of the system. Admiral Garrick Verzio, Aiden's father, orders Inferno to evacuate and survive. What a what a wacky ass set of instructions. Evacuate and survive. You got this. Good luck. You can do it. Peace. Uh, Hask and Miko return to the Corvus while Aiden is brought to her father's Star Destroyer, the Eviscerator. Cool name for a Star Destroyer. Scary name. Very scary. <laughs> Evisceration. Yeah. Uh, in orbit of Vardos, a loyal planet in the Junata system. The Where they're from. What? Where, uh... Yeah, it's the home. are it's from. Home yeah. Hmm. So uh, it's a loyal planet in the Janata system. The Admiral reveals to Aiden that the Emperor is dead and shares with her the Emperor's last command relayed by a messenger droid displaying a hologram of the Emperor and its visor. But was it a hologram or was it his body on Exegol? Ooh! Are you sure, though? Yeah, body's too weak at that time for him to actually make an appearance like that. There he looks go. like a bag of dicks in Rise of Skywalker. He's got, like, no fingers. Uh, I can only venture to imagine what the body that he warped into looks like, right? Bags of dicks. It's probably not great. It's <laughs> probably pretty bad. It's probably not. Fantastic. Especially because it's in a dark cave with no sun. For all we know, he could be warped into like an early Snoke body. You know, and then he had to and like he's just like floating around in a tank. Like, why didn't you finish this faster? Fuck. I wanted to be in my chair, hooked up to some machines by now. Not Where's my animus claw? In this gross <laughs> tank. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Operation Cinder is to begin at once. Ivan's given her first orders, though she is not told of their target. Bum, 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 bum. Bum. Ivan is sent to Fondor, where they assist Moth Wraith in procuring satellites for Operation Cinder. Wraith's Star Destroyer, docked in a shipyard, is suddenly attacked by a rebel cruiser, but Ivan has destroyed its ion cannons from within and free Wraith's Star Destroyer from the shipyard. Afterward, Del Miko is sent to Pilio, and also located in the Genos system, to destroy one of the Emperor's classified observatories. Because it's got all the holocrons or, like, information. special Jedi artifacts. And, and this is where we get the awesome Luke Skywalker lines that makes there. me go, Luke Skywalker's so cool. Why is he a crazy old person in the sequels? He goes, because I asked. So, Delon is <laughs> so squatter good. ambushed by the planet's native bugs, of, but he is freed by Luke Skywalker. Ba, 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 Skywalker! The two work together to gain access to the observatory. Dell allows Skywalker to take one of the artifacts. Skywalker sets conflict in Dell and tells him that he has a choice to be better than the Empire before the two part way. And then but Dell and Iden are like, bro. I'm going to dive into their interaction a little bit. Really like, cool. I won't talk about it because I, I thought it was pretty cool. You got some notes. Oh, shit. I forgot, actually. Above yeah, the Condor, there's something I wanted to talk about. When Iden goes on to the Rebel ship, she gets her own hallway scene. It's literally her running through the hallways, and the rebels going, "Oh my god, oh, we yeah. can't stop her! She's coming!" I'm like, "She's murdering oh, everyone!" Oh, this is pretty cool. I'm like, "This is literally Dude. a hallway scene without a lightsaber." Dude, there's a scene. There's one of the guys who, "It's a massacre!" Yeah. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, oh my god, everyone's dead! I'm like, <laughs> I'm like she's one lady with a gun. We're fucking <laughs> like, them up. Like, I get the fight is happening out there too, but it's one lady with a gun. Yeah, well, we have plot armor. They yeah, don't. A couple, it's like. Uh, <laughs> Poe and Finn running into the uh, First Order cruiser yeah. in Episode Nine, and they're not even looking; they're just running around shooting people because they can't die. They're like, we're, we're just, just gonna kill everybody. <laughs> it's like Han Solo. So, well, Luke, I, I, I want to talk about Luke. Hit it up. This is how Luke Skywalker should be. Yeah. Um, he frees Del Miko, and Del goes, "Why did you help me?" And Luke responds, "Because you asked." Yeah. And then this comes around back in the end when Luke wants to take the compass, which is going to lead him to the earliest Jedi temples. That's what the little thing that he wants mm-hmm. is, and it, that's what ultimately leads him back to. And he says, "Can I take this?" At which point, Del Miko says, "Well, why would I let you do that?" And he goes, "Because I asked." That's such a good line. He's appealing, you know, to his thing, and and it's when Luke opens the door to the vault, and Del goes, "Why would the Emperor?" build a vault that you need the force to open and he's like and luke turns to him he goes why do you think he's like so you're telling me the man who secretly who ordered the destruction of the jedi was secretly one of them and luke tells him i'm telling you that you were scared of the wrong thing as a boy on coruscant yeah. and i'm like these little moments of luke just like being very wise because well, del was afraid like, of the jedi because he told the they were traitors this is the character mm-hmm. you know ryan johnson was like Oh well, Luke could have turned to the dark side, you know, in Episode Six, right? But, but he's he also didn't. like 23, 24, and he was put in a very precarious situation about his with his dad. With his dad, he's like, and my dad's here. What do I like do? The embodiment of darkness and evil. Two yeah. of them right next to him. He was very much mm-hmm. pushed into a weird situation. Yeah. This Luke Skywalker shows aging. This is a Luke Skywalker who shows wisdom. This is the character who I'm like in another like twenty or so years or thirty years. This guy should be way more wise and not the kind of guy to just go This is the character who shows up in The Mandalorian right after he leaves Pelio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when he gets you know, the call when they're on um, uh, Tython. I-, I see this character and I'm like, I can never see this guy going further into his career as a Jedi 
and becoming that dude. Who's until like, we kill my nephew. Until we you know? actually it, see it, it in it the Ahsoka do, show or in some it. further media. You know, uh, there is such a big disconnect between this guy it's and be the thirty guy years that we get on film. I'm like. I, it's going to be a really hard thing for them to sell me on this idea that Luke kind of reverted back to this early point in his life. Because even just seeing him like this, I'm like, th- this is him. Mm-hmm. How does he not keep growing from this point into yeah. more of this character? Very bad. doesn't make sense to me. Um, so so that's, that's really my big thing that I want to say about Luke because he really is such an important character and he got done so dirty. I think... Well, it sucks that that's where we have to lead him. If the rumors are true and they're going to remake the sequel trilogy, why and good luck? Yeah. But also... <laughs> For real. Who's even going to direct that? I don't know. Somebody. Well, he's, it's still unnamed. I'll get my three sequel movies. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm going to redo all this. Right? She's gone. Gonna bring in right? Not a Skywalker he's Kenobi. Gonna, he's going to be the main character. And I, I think if we, they really do, if Disney, since they made those, really want to keep their characters how they are, I think we're going to have a lot of Luke betrayals to a lot of fans in the next couple shows. Whether or not he shows up in Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian Season 3, or even uh, the Ahsoka show, we're going to have some form of... Ugh. It kills me to have this positive reception to Luke the way he was in The Mandalorian, and then just knowing... That he's gonna be poopy. Whatever content they're making going forward, he's on his way to that. It's yeah, like, uh, he's on the way to question. He's on his way to questioning and going. I've never failed before. Now I'm failing. I'm really curious. at the end of five. He really doesn't even fail. He uh, does, but he doesn't. I'd really love to know what Disney's like strategy was behind turning Luke into what they turned him into. They just like, what did you guys think was gonna happen? Did you really think that all the Star Wars fans would be like, this makes sense for Luke Skywalker? We like this. This is okay. <laughs> It's like, did you guys really think that that was going to be cool? Like, I know Ryan I think Johnson you're, said... If they I didn't think. Movie, I think that's what you're missing. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Johnson said if he, the perfect sign of him making a movie, right, that's good, is if half the people love it and the other half absolutely hate it. I'm like, dude, we don't like you. <laughs> like, Knives Out is great. Yeah, Knives Out's Make great. movies like that. He is. He got, he, got, gr- Star Wars. he got greenlit for like a million Knives Out things. They're doing another one in it. I'm yeah. actually looking forward to seeing it. Dude, it's really good. All right, and so I like Looper a lot. Looper's one of his films, Looper's too. Good too. Looper's one of my favorite movies. A lot of movies. people don't like Looper. I, think I love cool. Looper. I think Looper's pretty cool. So cool. I like how they make Joseph Gordon-Levitt look like a young Bruce Willis. Yeah, they, they cool. give him a nose thing. Mm-hmm. And awesome. they, they change his eyes, too. Oh, that's they give cool. give him, like, contacts. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. JGL went from, like, Hollywood sweetheart to, like, obscurity. Dude, I would love to weird, see like, him for a while. head up a Han Solo-type Star Wars movie. That would be, be good. Well, he's, he's, he's not, obviously not. He's Han showing Solo. up in visions. Dude, he could be. Um, he could have been on Solo. What's his name? Uh, the dude from Shadow of the Republic, right? Yeah, yeah, you know exactly. Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar. That's he it. could be Dash Rendar. He could, be. He could dude, make an amazing. Dash Taika Waititi, JGL, Dash Rendar. That's what I'm saying. That man. would be a great combination because he he's just so charismatic and so. Yeah. Just, and he fits. He's already been in Star Wars. He's in Episode Eight. JGL? Oh, yeah, he yeah. was uh, like he was a... that guy on the... He was that alien on the beach. He was like, they crashed their ship on the beach. Oh, yeah. On Canto Bite. Oh, yeah. My favorite part of the movie. <laughs> Canto Bite. Woo! So, back to Battlefront 2. Yeah. Inferno Squad returns to Vardos, where Wraith satellites are being deployed. Iden confronts her father, who reveals that Vardos, their homeworld, is one of the targets and will be purged to send in a message of the Empire's strength. Despite the fact that Vardos is his, Iden's, and Hask's home, 
He orders the satellites to be activated, which shoot laser beams, because laser beams are just a Star Wars. Yeah, dude, always. So the laser beams get shot down toward the planet, gener- generating massive storms, and despite his daughter's anger, reminds... Despite his daughter's anger, reminds Iden that her mission is only to extract Protectorate Gleb, an Imperial Gleb. military instructor and leader of Janata security, alone. This is really bad. I just want to put this out there. Whoever's doing these summaries on Wikipedia, you really need to figure out your sentence structure. Because this is nightmarish. <laughs> it's because random people do it. This is just so bad. Um, however, upon witnessing the destruction caused by the storms, Iden and Dell decide to disobey orders and send refugees to the corpse as well. Pass calls him out and holds Iden at gunpoint under judging by his dialogue orders from Admiral Verzio. But when he moves his blaster towards Dell, Iden shoots Hask in the leg. This is an You got awesome a little bit scene. of a limp. I really do like this scene a lot because Hask, he like puts his gun up to Iden and he's like, please don't do this. Yeah. Like, like obviously in the later half, I'm like, man, Hask is such a dick. But in that well, moment, I'm like, I really feel for this guy. Dude, I feel for him at the end. He's loyal to his call. I yeah. do too. In Resurrection, he's like, really you do. took my friends and my family, our squad, away from me. And I was like, oh my god! I was like, imps are cool too! I, I really, yeah, <laughs> I really do like it when they kind yeah. of put a little bit of sympathy on the Imperial Dude, side. Dude, squadrons. And, squadrons, the rest of the story mode. Yeah. When you talk to the... Like, if you just play the main campaign and don't talk to your buddies... They're nice, like, but they're kind of a bit of assholes. They are, they're, they're total assholes. But if you talk to them and, like, hear their stories, they're just trying to do what they gotta yeah, do. They're doing their thing. It's they're really doing what cool. They think is right because obviously they don't know Palpatine is like a dark Sith Lord. Emperor. Yeah, they just yeah, they're just trying to keep like order that. in the system, which yeah, they see is in chaos. They're like, this dude says he wants to bring order to the galaxy. That's what we're doing. Yeah, you know, you guys literally killed the guy who said he wants to bring order to the galaxy. Yeah, you guys you are guys the terrorists. Are the terrorists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So kind of like what's I, happening. I now. really do <laughs> love this scene and. It, the mocap on the face performances is amazing, it and really it goes good. a long way to lending this sense of sympathy to Hask. He's like, "Please don't do this." Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, it's it's a moment that we can all just forget and walk away from, and we can all still be buddies. Yeah. Please don't do this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "You're being an idiot right now." He's like, "Fuck! All right, fine. I guess you're betraying me. Yeah. I guess this is happening right now." So shoot him in the leg. Iden and Dell make their way through the city in a stolen AT-AT. Totally cool sequence. Yeah. Destroying AT-AT. By the way, not a cool sequence on hard mode. You will die <laughs> several times. Oh, no. First time I played this game, played it on hard mode, was a nightmare. Recently, played it through on easy because I just wanted to get the story on for explorer the podcast. explorer mode. Yeah, and I was like, man, that was a completely different experience. Cask <laughs> killed me 30 times on hard mode in my first playthrough. Killed him in one fucking go-through. On oh, on the ship flight? Uh, yeah, at yeah. the very end, I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, fuck this shit. So they destroyed the anti-air turrets and eventually reach the Corvus and escape with their crew and refugees while the newly promoted commander Hask brings Gleb to the Admiral. Uh, Iden and Dell decide to send a general distress signal to the Rebel Alliance. Shriv Sergav, leader of Danger Squadron. Danger Danger! Squadron! I'm glad we're both on the same page on that one. Intercepts it and calls in General Lando Calrissian. Yeah, dude, hand. Hand! To hear the intelligence provided by the two regarding Operation Cinder. Lando offers them two X-Wing fighters and a choice to run and hide or to fight with them against Operation Cinder. Lando's fleet with Iden Mandel jumps to Naboo, a target of Operation Cinder. I feel like I've said Operation Cinder way too many times. It's, it's, it's going to come up more. It's going to come up more. So they can reinforce uh, Senator Leia Organa. I just want to throw this out there. Tons of cool shit going down in this story. Return of Naboo in, you know, the original trilogy timeline. Yeah. So cool. You get to play as it Leia. It's so cool. You get to be Leia. Lando is there, you know. They're introducing new characters for the Rebellion. Shriv. I really do love all the things that they're kind of doing here. Except for Iden going to 
the Re- the Rebel Alliance. But we'll talk more about that when we I think get to. the I end. think it was too much too quick. It was way because too Del quick. makes sense because Del got to talk to Luke and he when he he was seeing what was going on. Iden kind of turns because her boyfriend turns, and I was like. My Ouch. whole issue with Aiden is I think she'd be a little bit There's more There's also a time minded. skip in between their, them giving up and them going to Naboo. Yeah. Yes. I, I think like a year passes. Something like that. So, or a few months, whatever it yeah. is. But I would think that Aiden would be more on Hask's side, right? Because it's her homeworld, her father's homeworld, and Hask's She homeworld. literally breaks out in the first mission and kills everybody on the ship. Yeah, for sure. She, she's, just, she's no remorse for yeah. any of the rebels. She even um, says, like, no, no, it's like, they're in the way, they have to die. Yeah. And Del Miko's the one who has some question at the beginning, and then obviously with yes. Luke, his perspective Del, changes. Del's the nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, and then when he meets Luke, he's very much open to this idea that, oh, the Jedi really aren't bad. Yeah. They're just kind of, like, vibing out And here. we were just told they were bad. We, yeah, we were just told they were bad. But I literally met one, and he offered me no hostility. Yeah. He actually offered to protect me on several occasions. Yeah. So, you know, he starts rethinking his whole life. It makes sense that he would turn. I thought it would be cool, actually, if they let you play as Dell after this. Yeah. It's like, he's your new guy. Like, Iden not anymore, but mm. whatever. I digress. Um, yeah, I just think Iden's turn felt kind of sudden. I get, it's, I get it's her home world, so she's like, oh, maybe we're going a little bit too far. But, like, also at the same time, you've also been brainwashed, obviously, into the Empire. I figured you would have just as much loyalty as Hask and your father. Especially having not had that brain, conversation but, with Luke. But yeah. there are some minor conversations between Dell and Aiden leading up to this event where yeah. he's like, have you ever thought about what, how we're doing is fucked up? And she's like, well, it definitely doesn't look great. <laughs> she, <laughs> she literally goes, we are killing a lot of people. She's like, this definitely does not. But we're not, good at it. She's like, this does not look good for us. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I, yeah, I, I'll definitely have more to say once we get to the end of the synopsis. Yeah. So after destroying the satellites in space, they defend the Y-Wing bombers against the TIE fighters that are targeting them. Uh, after the Y-Wings destroy the Star Destroyer shield array, the Restoration, the Rebels' capital ship broadsides destroy broadsides the destroyer, imploding it. However, Aiden knows an Imperial protocol. When the capital ship is destroyed, the crew will evacuate to a safe location. Aiden reveals that they are going to attack the capital city of Feed on Naboo. Aiden, Dell, and Shriv descend onto the planet with Leia, where they activate Feed's defense system, sending out an ion pulse from the royal palace that deactivates all the Imperial. Oh no, the time skip comes after this mission, I'm sorry. Fighters. That's right, I remember now. Yeah, because they have to get inducted into the Alliance. Yeah, they so. quickly meet here, and then six months later, and they're good. Yeah, because they meet Leia, and they're like, so are we, like, under arrest? And in six months, she gets promoted to commander, but whatever. She's like, nah, be... Well, not for... No- I-, I can understand a promotion for her, because... Because she was in Inferno Squad in when because, she showed up? Yes, because of the position she was in for the Info, Empire. tactical awareness, and willingness to just fucking murder. Yeah, the training that yeah. she has more than enough qualifies her to be pushed ahead, like, more than half of the rebels. Definitely more than Han. You know, I mean, <laughs> how many of these rebels are literally just, I don't like oppression, so I'm with you. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a guy with a gun, right? I don't <laughs> have, even have training. I didn't get trained until I was a rebel. Mm-hmm. Aiden is literally showing up like, I have military training and tactical <laughs> expertise. I can tell you what the fuck those people are going to do before they even do it. Exactly. You need me. <laughs> you want me leading your mission. I am an asset. So for me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, so after the mass surrender by the Imperials, Leia confronts Aiden and Del about the damage they've done to the Rebel Alliance. Aiden admits that there is no excuse for what they've done, but what they would like to do is to fight with the Rebels. Leia shakes hands with them and welcomes them to the New Republic. Just fuck it. Yeah. Uh, six months later, I... She goes, if you're months. willing to fight, you're down, you know? So, that's the time skip. So, I, I would say at this point, we're six probably months. seven or eight months removed from the Battle of Endor. Yeah, give or take. Give or take. 
so six months later, Iden is a loyal Republic commander and has recreated Inferno Squad for the Republic. It's that just her boys and Shriv. Yeah, pretty much. It's Del, her, and Shriv. I do like that the entire crew of the Corvus agreed to go with her because they were like, oh, most you're, of them. you're our commander. Yeah. Like, we're not going to turn our backs on you. We're loyal to you. Like, yeah. You were loyal to the Empire, so we were loyal to the Empire. Yeah. But you're the person who commands whether or not we live or die on a daily basis. Yeah. So you're the person we trust. Uh-huh. Very cool. Gotta love loyalty. Good stuff. Only Hask is like, bro. Hask is a big dick. <laughs> he is. Uh, Leia asks Iden to track down a missing general, Han Solo. At Maskinata's castle, Takodana Solo meets with an Imperial. Defender. We're in Takodana and we're going to Maskinata's castle? It's because yeah. it showed up in the sequel trilogy? Han Solo has a beard? Which is kind of cool. He cool. looks a little hot. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> okay. Harrison Ford with a beard, though, back in those days. Ooh. I, I definitely, I definitely was caught off guard. You were like, "What the I was, fuck?" I was like, "That's strange," and <laughs> but not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, people so grow beards. At the, people he has a beard beards. because you know time has passed. Yeah, for sure. they, they have to show that the time has passed. Yeah. No, six months, Han Solo can grow a beard of this girl. It's like when characters get glasses after time skips because it's like it's to show that time has passed. <laughs> I, I am older and I need glasses now. <laughs> uh, Solo meets with an Imperial defector. Statistician? I honestly do not know that word. Yeah. Statistician. Statistician. Ralcius Paldora. Paldora. Who has hidden two data cubes in the woods. Thanks, Pal. Dora. One providing information on the sources for fuel for Imperial fleets, and another providing information on how to free the Wookiees on Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk! 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 Solo annoyed at Paldora for not bringing the intel on him, has to fight off waves of Imperials on his own. Because of course he game. does, it's a video game. <laughs> As Paldora's blaster is just for show, he was never actually trained in shooting it. After recovering the intel, Solo, Chewbacca, and Paldora escape aboard the Millennium Falcon. And we have to do a ship mission, because of course we do. He's got to fly the Millennium Falcon, how can you not fly the Millennium Falcon? I, I don't remember, the Millennium Falcon was cool, but everything else was annoying. I hated, I, I, it would go... Level ship, level ship, level ship, and I was like, "Stop!" And I get why they did it because they have to introduce you to the multiplayer what you're stuff. Be doing in the multiplayer, pretty much, but uh, it suffered a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it definitely takes it a little dragged. bit away from the story when you can't just have like missions that are scripted event after scripted event after scripted event after scripted event because literally half of these just take place on multiplayer maps, which uh, is fine for me. Something I want to bring up: Sullust. Was a, it was a map in the first game. They didn't bring it over. It's in the campaign for the sequel. <laughs> I can't even for the life of me fathom why they didn't do something. Are you sure? It's, I, I feel like when I was running around as Lando, I was like, I recognize these corridors. I think we played them in one of the multiplayer missions. It's in the first game. Really? It's in the first game. Mm. Solace is in the first game. We'll get there. And uh, it's the same thing for... Fuck, what is it? I can't remember. We'll get there, though. Cardos. Oh, uh, Bardos. That's Bardos, what it is. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, Bardos, what a cool map. You literally have places... We're on it like two or three serve, times. You literally have places that could serve as multiplayer maps. The Resurrection Why map. When they walk around with the, the ash that rains down, exactly. that'd be a great map to be on. It's a map that you could have used in the sequel trilogy and in the original trilogy stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, you guys failed by not turning that into multiplayer. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave that as it Big is. Big Because they don't support the game anymore. Yeah. Uh, much to the annoyance of Maz Kanata... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The Imperial Forces arrival, Han gets in the Millennium Falcon, much to the annoyance of Mas Kanata, and are reinforced by Inferno Squad after destroying an Imperial light cruiser and TIE fighters. By the way, this Imperial light cruiser very much is the same cruiser that Moff Gideon drives around. Just thought that was a cool little thing yeah. to point out. You're like, whoa. I was like, yo, that's Moff Gideon's cruiser. He's totally crashing into Takodama right now. Yeah. Solo goes to the Corvus with, the, with Inferno after Solo leaves in the Falcon, presumably to Kashyyyk. 
Iden looks at Paldora's intel. The data reveals that Admiral Verzio's fleet is being fueled at Bespin. Cloud City, baby. Cloud, si- Cloud City, bitch. Cloud, Cloud City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's being fueled at Bespin. That's a deep cut. Fueled at Bespin and that an abandoned Imperial weapons factory is still located on Sullust, that planet we just talked about, prompting Iden to ask Leia for authorization to go after her father on Bespin. Leia tells Iden that she's not report to her. Except she, like, kind of does. No, because she's the, the general. Whatever. She's Supreme Leader Leia Organa. Supreme Leader. <laughs> the, the New Republic will have order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Imagine, we'll have freedom. Imagine if Hux actually, like, defected. That would have been sick. I'm the spy. I'm the spy. I am the New Republic. Follow me. Follow me. We will battle the final order. <laughs> Dell says that Fleet Command might not approve of the mission, which they regard as a personal one. So Leia says that, okay, I'm getting a hurricane warning right now. So nice. Folks, I kind of just goofed <laughs> on my actions. Uh, All good. Uh, whatever. Iden and Dell travel to Bespin, although Hask and Admiral Versio escape. Iden and Dell are able to destroy the sources of fuel. In a stolen cloud a stolen car. Cloud that was a cool car. thing. It is cool. They only have the blend-in moments in two sections, and it's like... So one's in Resurrection and one's in Cloud City. It's like, yeah. blend in and don't use your blasters. And then two minutes later, they're like, shoot the shit out of everything. And up. it's like, and they go, they stole it in a, the, the rod and you ran in a cloud car. Kill him. And I'm like, really? A TIE fighter can't destroy a cloud car in like one second? Okay, sure. I mean, uh, for the purposes of a video game, uh, obviously we have to buy it. Yeah. Um, on, on a more canon sense, I would say Aiden just has the ability to outpilot these guys. For sure. So, in a realistic, in quotes for Star Wars, in a realistic sense, she wouldn't get hit in that scenario. Yeah. She would be the one doing the hitting. Uh, obviously, we're players, and they have to hit us to keep us on our toes uh-huh. a little bit, so we're going to take damage. Yeah. I honestly think that Aiden would not have been hit in this scenario. Well, I do think so. Uh, and on top of that, like kind of keeping in and infiltrating type thing. If you actually do follow along and do what they tell you, it always just pushes you into combat anyway. Yeah, exactly. So there's, like, no point to even playing all. Exactly. Like, when I remember doing the Resurrection one recently, and they were like, oh, you just keep in line with the TIE Fighter. So I was like, all right, let's see what this does. And then they're like, that TIE Fighter's acting weird. Shoot it. I'm like, this was a waste of time. You could have just shot everybody real quick and then just got yeah, in later. I'm like, I could have, like, killed these guys when they were driving in a straight line together. Yeah. It's kind of a little dumb. Uh, so they successfully explode three star destroyers uh, after blowing up the fuel sources because it's just a crazy explosion chain reaction. Yeah. Uh, Shriv and Lando travel to Sullust to gather weapons only to discover that the Empire has reestablished the factory. They think it's not actually active, but then they realize a bunch of shit's being built. And they're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. So Lando Zoinks. comes up with this amazing plan to destroy the factory by overflowing it with lava while Shriv procures an ATST walker to escape and two are eventually surrounded by the overflowing lava, but Ivan and Dell are able to rescue them aboard the Corvus just in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Admiral Akbar orders all Republic ships to Jakku. Jakku! Uh, coming to the end here. Why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? Why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? Admiral Akbar, why do you want to go to Jakku? You stupid asshole! Uh, where a massive <laughs> fleet commanded by Count- Consular Rax, not Rex, is Rax. Ivan and Shriv answer to Rack City. Wouldn't it be cool if Captain Rex was in this game? Anyway. Because <laughs> he shows up in the Battle of Endor, that's him confirmed. Because D. Bradley Baker voices all the clones in the multiplayer anyway, so you totally could have had a clone appear at any point in this. Like, at any point. And Rex is the obvious at choice. At any point. <laughs> Rex is the choice. Kills me. He'll be in Book um, of Boba Fett, don't worry. Oh, for sure. He better be. He's <laughs> Tamora Morrison needs to play more people. Uh, I'm intrigued. He even gets to play Omega. <laughs> oh, 
I'm a leader. <laughs> I thought it'd be cool to have a sex change so I could be one of my brothers for real. <laughs> Just disregard that, that conversation. <laughs> I even serve answer to distress calls. They destroy TIE bombers that are being deployed for the Down Star Destroyer's hangar after defeating a Stormtrooper squad and help Captain Lindsay. Captain Lindsay? Yeah. The I think Lindsay's one of the characters that shows up in uh, the sequel trilogy. I believe they're the blonde dude. Maybe. I remember hearing. Uh, I recognize the Is voice. Is the guy in Rogue One? No, that's Antoc Merrick. Okay. Uh, it's crazy that you even know that. Well, because there's a toy coming out of him. <laughs> there's a toy coming out. I got you. I gotta get them all. Cause I love so, Rogue One. Captain, they help Captain Lindsay and his unit escape. You got a Lego ship too for some reason. Really? Yeah, and Talk America has a Lego ship. I'm like, why? You gotta get it. Uh, no! <laughs> <laughs> what? Hang it from the ceiling. Out of all the things, and Talk America gets a Lego set? Okay. Right? And then we get the fire spray. Uh, Corvette, <laughs> Corvette. Fire spray and, one. Uh, crashes into the desert by calling in an orbital strike from Starhawk Union. This is actually pretty cool. Dude, so it crashes into the desert? The, is it the same ship from Seven? Yes. Yeah, oh, oh my god! One of. What? Oh my god. It's crazy, they have man. To explain why this stuff is here. I mean, it's they kind don't. Of explanatory why this stuff is here. It crashed it's during so, the war. Loki's still kind of cool to have it. Oh, for sure. Like, it was a great set piece. I, I'm happy to have it in a visual form. Yes, great Not set in, piece. Like a novel. Like, and then there was your battle on Jakku. And, and a bunch of Star Destroyers crashed into the ground. And, and that's why they're there in episode 7. Yeah. It's, like, it's cool to actually just see it. And also yeah. to be able to take part in it. It almost feels like we're dictating the events of yeah. 7. It just sucks that, like, when you're playing it, you're like, this just. just why this exists to serve a narrative purpose yeah and i understand that yeah. i mean when you could have had freedom battle, you were stru- you know, stuck somewhere if this battle had happened on another planet right mm-hmm. and they could they could have had a throwaway line like battles like these are erupting all over the galaxy jakku naboo you know it's like whatever yeah. and, and that would have been it but obviously that there is a little bit more agency here and a little bit more importance by making it and by proxy by proxy so they do the orbital strikes from Starhawk Unity, a rebel capital ship, a rebel capital ship on the approaching AT-AT walkers. Suddenly, the corpse is intercepted by Admiral Versio and Hask. Hask and I engage in a dogfight that results in Hask in crashes, shooting down Hask. He yeah, crashes he up, and like, survives with no scarring. I mean, I assume they just have like parachutes or something. Maybe. Or maybe he just got like I mean, super Moff Gideon. I would say Moff Gideon, Kylo Ren, oh, yeah. Finn and Poe. You mean Kylo Ren's TIE Interceptor that literally like rolls and explodes. He gets out and he's perfectly fine. And he literally walks through the fire like that was pretty crazy. Wow, I can't well, believe I survived. Wow, I can't believe I'm not fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, that. So Iden shoots down Hask and then goes after her father despite Dell urging her otherwise. She crashes on the eviscerator. However, her father refuses to leave with her. Go down with the ship. To live her life. Which is great, but sad. It is. It, it's very sad. It's a good moment. It, it, it's a great moment because it's in this moment that her father finally realizes, like, my blind loyalty to the Empire has been for naught. This is all I know, so this and, is what I'm going to do. And this is legit all I know, yeah. so it's not even, like, a life after this would hold meaning for mm-hmm. me. But you, who have found purpose in this life, not with the Empire... Please go and live it, and do not let me drag you down. Uh-huh. You know, it's, one of those, it's one of those things where a parent is like, I don't want to be the reason that you can't live your life, right? Because yeah. if I'm around, you might not be able to move on and do the things you want to do if you're always coming back and checking on me. Yep. So, it, it's very much a sacrifice that I'm like, it sucks that it had to happen. A good but skis, it, though. But it is a good sacrifice. Yeah. It's, it's one that I can appreciate. It's a good good. So, Iden escapes the burning Star Destroyer aboard an escape pod and crash lands in the desert, where she's found by Dell. 
tells her that they have won, and the two share a kiss. Shriv interrupts mm. the moment and takes them to a hill overlooking the wreckage of the Imperial. And that's the, the money shot for seven. That is the money shot right there. Yeah. It's a really good shot. And I'll then the game ends. Just kidding. What? Because there's a time skip. Why not put it in the DLC? That's a time skip. I don't even know if they were planning on making the DLC at this point. Actually, no. I know for a fact they were because at launch they were like, and soon there's going to be DLC. It's a free stuff that we didn't get to finish because we had to rush this. So we get our time skip to the sequel era. 30 years later. It's a 30-year jump. And I, I think I've said it several times in this episode already, but I have a problem with just doing a 30-year jump yeah. and just calling it at that. Because yep. they said this is going to be a bridge between... Six and seven. And a 30-year jump is not a bridge? Yeah, no. A year and a half is also not a bridge. It's better than, Dude, you know. that's like a step out your front door. That's why we got the, the Mandalorian park. and Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka and Rangers I mean, of the Republic. I mean, 30 years of time. And the right? Mayfeld spinoff. To, Make to, to advertise this as the bridge, you're expecting to see more than Squadrons counts as part of the know? bridge, it's too. Like, it, it just the advertising is what apparently really a lot of the squadrons story takes place like the, in the six months it takes Iden to get to um, where she is in the Republic. Because oh, yeah. you, you the Battle of Endor, they talk about it in the game, mm-hmm. and then they even name drop Iden Versio in the game. Yeah. So I'm like, nice. Yeah, I, I, and I really do want to finish it because squadrons uh, is good. I want to get in on all those little things, and there's a lot of references that I might pick up on that you didn't. That For I sure. Come back and talk to you about. Yeah. I'll be like, did you realize this? And you'll be like, no. There'll be an episode about it. It'd be cool. We'll talk about it. It'd probably be an easy episode. So, 30 years later, an older Dell is captured by Gleb and Janata security on a dried-up pilio. Kylo Ren arrives and interrogates Dell on the location of the map to Luke Skywalker, learning that Lor Santeca took it to Bayora. Bayora actually is in squadrons. I remember that. You do a mission above Bayora. Nice. Uh, Ren then leaves Dell alone with Hask, who survived the Battle of Jakku. Somehow. Somehow. And joined the First Order. I'm going to say parachute. As an admiral. Hask murders Dell and orders him and his crew to be buried, but to leave the Corvus alone to bait Ivan. Very, very cool moment where he tells them to have the crew buried because it very much shows that he still cares a little bit. Yeah, the friendship and having to kill Dell was not something that he really he he wasn't even going to do it at first. No, he was sitting there and he was like. He's like, and I then, don't even know if I should do it. And, and then Dell like says, spits on him, and he's like, Pew. <laughs> well, Dell says he's like, you'll never win. Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, don't go after I. Don't go after I. You will won't end well yeah. for you. And that's that, like the thing for Hass to be like, look, I don't say that kind of shit. But yeah. then you can tell because he has them buried. Like immediately after, there's a sense of regret. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I really did just kill like one of my only friends. Yeah. Because everybody else in the Empire and in the First Order doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. You know, even in this time where we've spent 30 years apart and he thought I was dead, he's telling me, you know, don't do this. And there's still a chance for me to turn around. I, I don't want you to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's amazing that you're even here. I don't want you to go and get yourself in a situation where you're going to get yourself killed. Please just walk away from this fight. It just sucks that this was part of the end of the game and not part of the sequ- the resurrection. Because if it just ended with them overlooking the hill and then it, like, jumps five years later and it's something about uh, the kids. Zell... Zell. It's um, Aiden, Dell, and then Zay. Zay. Zaya, or whatever her name it's is. Zay. Zay. Yeah. And they're just hanging out, like, doing stuff. And then it just ends, credits, and then right at the start of Resurrection, it gets several decades later. And then we get the Kylo Ren mission. It would have been awesome. I, I would have We just had the Kylo Ren mission just right at the end for no reason. Like, like a lot of games, uh, the one that's coming to my head, like, right now is uh, Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Where the choices you make, right, it kind of tells you, like, what yeah. happens after the game is over. Mm-hmm. Like, before the credits roll, you get, like, 
a two minute cutscene or whatever, and they're like, and this is what happened. Yeah. Like I feel like something like that would have gone a long way, right? Like Aiden and Dell watching holograms of the First Order rising yeah. up and like being like, what the fuck, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just something to really bridge that time. Yeah. Is it just be like they won? Here's Dell on Pilio again in the Corvus all by himself, and yeah. he's dead. And it, it would have been easier if it was like after they on the, they're on the hill we get we get credits mm-hmm. and right after the credits we just have the cut scenes from the the thirty years later that Kylo Ren mission was not necessary to run through the memories it was basically just a small recap of the game I just played through all of that I didn't need a recap so if they just had the the end credits and the, the credits and this is the end credit scene where yeah. Dell's like struggling and Kylo Ren does the brain thing and goes he's on Beora and then Hask shows up. Mind blown end credit scene because then it leads into the DLC that you want to play. But having this thing where it's like you got to do a whole thirty minute mission as Kylo Ren running around in a weird fucking mindscape. It's very stupid, mm-hmm. very out of left. I, I didn't like. I thought it was cool because I do want to add on to the Kylo Ren uh, like mind bending scene. It's cool that we finally get to kind of see what that looks like. Oh yeah, that's interesting, but... right? Because when he's doing it to Poe, I'm like. What was he doing? Is he like just squeezing his brain? I'm like, what's happening at. here, right? It's he's like, in his brain, digging it, through his memories. It, it's cool that at least we get to see some kind of a visual of what that might yeah. look like for the other and person. And they can put up barriers and stuff. Uh, like where... Another cool thing is Del Nico got his start on Scarab during Rogue One. That's awesome. That's sick. Yeah. He's like, look at this, where you got your start, yeah. where you thought that your greatness would be achieved. I'm like, this is fucking Scarab, dude. Yeah. This is so cool. But he's not there during Rogue One because that explodes and no one survives. Oh, uh, he very well could be. He could have gotten on a ship and bailed. Mm, I don't think anybody really bailed in that one. You think everyone just vibed and died? I think everyone died. I mean, if he was uh, one of those people who was like, I'm going to ride a, a ship up to the space ring, Maybe. he probably would have died there, too. Yeah, so. He sucks. He was there a day before Rogue One. Yep, right before right Rogue One. The day before. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then he got transferred into mm-hmm. Inferno Squad. Yep. That's, that's the headcanon. Yep. Um, I, still cool little thing. Uh, I'm kind of agreeing with you, though. It would have probably been better as a beginning to the Resurrection DLC. Because you get to play um, as Kylo Ren, and then you're like, this is cool, and then you get to play as Aiden and stuff. Cool post-credit thing, I think, would have been maybe just Kylo Ren saying, like, where did you take the map to Luke Skywalker? And then you just have Del like, screaming, and yeah. it's kind of like, what the fuck was that? And right? then you play the level. And then level. you would open up Resurrection, yeah. and it's that. Yeah, like okay. We're picking up on that. And then Hass kills him right at the beginning. That's fine, too. Yeah. I feel like that maybe would have flown a little bit Both of better. ours work pretty well. Yeah, that might have been just a little bit better than what they yeah. give us, but it is what it is at this point. When you play it all in a row, it's not really like, this is annoying, but when we first played it, we had to wait like three or four months for the DLC. We were like, what? So, um, bar- barring the DLC, uh, would you would you like to give me your thoughts on just the overall story and uh, what you thought of it because i feel like dlc really can just be broken up into its own little mini section sure so yeah we'll talk about the main story and uh some of the gameplay elements of it besides me not liking the ships all that much because i really don't like ship combat it, the only reason why i played squadrons is because it was star wars yeah I, I don't play like uh like oh, it's called ace combat i don't play any of those types of like real-time like shooter that's, that's, that's games and stuff like it's you just you don't do flight simulators yeah it's i only like, did it for star wars because it was squadrons because uh, it was squadrons because it was star wars we played it for like a day i just beat the story i know then you played the campaign but literally that's I what i wanted we bought the game to play it together we played it once together <laughs> and we were like well this is kind of bare bones it would be better in vr and then we were like none of us have the Much vr better. though <laughs> no one's got it so yeah. but i thought the story was pretty that's funny what it is but uh, overall, it was a really cool campaign. The cinematics were probably the best part. The Absolutely. the gameplay loops were definitely annoying, 
But when they interspliced it with playing as Leia, Han, Luke, and Lando, I let it be a little bit excused because it was like, oh, this is a cool little bridge canonically that we get to see. For the bugs. Well, the, Fighting the it just bugs. sucks that Luke's got to be the bug level. Yeah, you give us Luke's, you give us control of Luke Skywalker instead of fighting like a shit ton of Imperials. Bugs. Yeah. When you play Han, you can fight Imperials at the S. Play yep. Leia, you fight Imperials at the S. Play Luke, you fight the bugs. Yeah. Lando's got some fucking Imperials to fight too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even Kylo Ren fights Imperials yeah. more than Luke. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Every other hero. Yeah. Luke literally became the bug guy. It's a little sus. It's very sus. But overall, I thought it was really, really good. So. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Again, yeah. I was really just disappointed about the whole um, the marketing. They were like, it's going to be a bridge. And also, it's going to be about what it's like to transition from the Empire to the First Order. It was very much not that. It was very much what it is to be a, an Imperial and then see the other side and then join the other side. Stories that we've gotten before with um, that dude in Rebels. What's his name? I don't even remember. Who? Fizago? No. The, Who about? the Imperial guy in, Re- in Star Wars. Oh, Hawk. Callus. Callus. That's his yes. name. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Hux. Yeah. So already, I love Hux. It's already a story that we have, right? Yeah. It's not like a new concept to us, a guy leaving the Empire. And, and turning Kallus, sides, right? yeah. It's, but for it's, for but for them, okay. it just was cool that we got to play it. Because Callus wasn't the main character, and his turn kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, right after he shares a night with Zeb, it's kind of like, oh, we're good guys now. Maybe you shouldn't be a bad guy, because they think I'm bad. And what's dumb is they keep using the same name Fulcrum, because in the first season, Fulcrum was Ahsoka. In season two, Fulcrum was Ahsoka. And in three and four, it's Callus. And I'm like, pick a different name, homie. I understand, yeah. like, Fulcrum could have been, like, oh, who's Fulcrum? It could be the same person. The imps were probably thinking it was still the same person, but it was actually Callus under their nose. It works, but for me, I was like, so Ahsoka's still here? But I thought she's dead. Like, what's the... Yeah. And yeah. Fulcrum was originally for Saw Gerrera. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, Clone Wars. That was there the you go. code. That was the code. They were like, if you ever, like, need us, hit us with a little bit of tag Fulcrum. Because I think that was what Anakin used for a long time. And he was like, this is like my special call sign. So hit me up with this if you need it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very much in agreement with you about the way that the story mode went. Uh, cinematics are definitely the best part. Yeah. The monotony of it kind of sucks when they're just like, yeah. fight a bunch of dudes, get into a ship. When you're playing as Iden Versio running around in her missions, they're still fun when you're on yeah, the ground. Like Boots on the ground gameplay is the best. Yeah. That's what I like about multiplayer. It boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. When you throw me into a ship, when you force me into a ship, I fucking hate it. Yeah. I'm like, this could just be easily explained in a cutscene, or I could fly, land on the destroyer, and then destroy it from the inside, because that's way cooler visually. Mm-hmm. Which they do once or twice. Yeah, they do. Uh, there's, actually, there's actually a cool scene in uh, The Resurrection that I, I want to talk about, because it kind of makes no sense to me. Oh, right, at uh, the end? Good ask? Well, a little bit before that. Okay. But, uh, Okay. I'll talk about it when we get there. Uh, one more cheeky little knob before we get into the resurrection. When you play the Leia mission in the campaign, she's got a hairstyle that she released with at launch. In, even in the multiplayer, she has that hairstyle. Yeah. At some point, they updated her character model for the multiplayer. Yeah. So now there's a character model of Leia that's only available in the campaign. So weird. Because it's the same outfit, but they mm. changed her hair. You know what? I'm, I'm like, that's weird. That's just weird to me. You know what we could have gotten but never did? Iden Versio on both sides. Yeah. Where we, where, you know, Iden, we have her Imperial outfit, and then we have her good guy Resistance outfit, and then the old lady skin. But we only have Iden on the bad guy side because they didn't want to do, they could have done both, it would have been so cool. You just couldn't have had two, um, ones fighting each other. My idea for Iden as a multiplayer character, and I think this would have really set her apart from all the other heroes, 
is because in the campaign she has access to all the weapons. Yeah. In the multiplayer, give her access to all the weapons. So she has her special gun if you want to use it. Make her it. an advanced but hero sometimes character. sometimes situations call yeah. for something different. Sometimes you might want to go for a sniper, you know? Yeah. It's like, and Aiden will still have her abilities, so... With the droid and with the... With the star cards you can yeah. play it around with. There was a lot of opportunity there. I get ultimately why, because they're like, you, it can't always be different every time you're getting into a fight with an Aiden, because it's always the same when you get into a fight with every other hero. Yeah. But at the same token, she would have been that character to do that. She's right? very versatile. It's it very fun. So, very weird to me yeah. that they just chose to kind of... Also, if they really wanted there. to not have Aiden be on the good guy's side and just be on the bad guy's side, they could have put Del Miko on the good guy's side and he could have been the sniper. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't make Dell playable. Or Shriv. So all you have to do is give him trooper animations. That's or all you have to do. Or you fucking put Aiden on the good guy side, but Hask on the bad guy side. That would have been cool. Because Hask has two outfits. Aiden has two outfit, three outfits. Make yeah, it happen. It's it's one of those complaints that a lot of fans had when the game had first launched. Where like, you guys have these character models, and you guys have all these different outfits for these characters. Why are they not in the multiplayer? It doesn't make any sense. And it never will make sense. Unfortunately, the game stopped getting supported like two years ago now, so we're just kind of out here speculating and hoping that the next three is going to be good. Makes a little bit more sense as far as its decision. <laughs> Darth Vader never even got the second outfit. Dude, that's crazy. They could have given like battle damage. That's what I want, yeah. dude. Half of his fucking helmet broken off. Yeah, like tears in the suit, rips in the cape. Some like fitzy robot legs. Oh, Gen- on. General Grievous got one. Come on, he like, got two. Yeah, he got two outfits. That's just him slightly messed up and really messed yeah. up. I'm like, really? Vader could have got Couldn't one. Do that for Vader? Yeah, it's very weird. I digress. Resurrection. <laughs> so let's talk about resurrection. Also, you couldn't bring back any of the characters you had in one, like. Fucking uh, Jin, Greedo, oh, Mian, yeah. Nub, Dengar, um, other guy I'm forgetting, and Krennic. Yeah. Come on. It's it's just bad stuff. They're literally it's assets bad. you already had in the game. You could have just imported them. And there's even space on the fucking screen for the in the hero roster thing. There's space on it for they, extra they characters. They brought Scarif back, but they didn't bring in Krennic and Jin. What were they thinking? Everyone, dude, when they announced Scarif was coming, everyone was like, so when are Krennic and Jin coming? When are Krennic and Jin coming? And they were like, that announcement's <laughs> gotta be coming soon, right? And the devs just never responded. Also, no Poe, no Hux, very sus. No, you, well, Hux I get, because he doesn't really do anything. But just to have a Poe he, antithesis. Really a uh, for Poe, they put his ship in the game. I'm like, okay. So in the hero mode, in the hero ships, you get to play as Poe, but not regularly? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. There's also, I think... Three Millennium Falcons in the game? Unnecessary. There's Re- uh, Finn and Ray driving it. There's Han Solo and there's Lando. Yep. Uh, just unnecessary. Straight up unnecessary. Yep. Three, three Millennium Falcons. Let's let that sink in. But at, least ga- at least the Slave 1 is still called Slave 1 in that game. Yeah. And then they were supposed to add Ahsoka, Ventress, Padme, and... Cad Bane. Cad Bane, which would have been fucking amazing. Yeah. It was either, either going to be Cad Bane or Aura Singh. Ugh, Cad Bane, please. I think Cad Bane was the more uh, upfront choice. Yeah. Because there were voice lines in there of Grievous talking to uh, Padme and Ahsoka. Um, and obviously, if they put Ahsoka in the game, we would have needed something. Another Jedi of sort of adventurous, because yeah. they both would have been dual wielding characters just uh-huh. on the opposite side. And obviously, you bring Padme in, that's another gun, pistol hero gun lady. for, yeah. you know, and Clone Wars era pistol hero. Said we need another Clone Wars pistol hero or villain. Or, or villain. Cad Bane. Yeah. Would have made sense. Even though Arsene could have worked, she had a pistol and then her super move, she could have pulled out her uh, sniper rifle and shot a bunch of people. Yeah, they Similar to Boss. They could have done, um, what's his face? Uh, 
I'm really bad with names today. I don't know why. Rico Hardin. No, solo. Dryden Voss. <laughs> Beckett. Uh, what, what, yeah, Beckett. We'll Beckett. Be, I'm like, Woody Harrelson's character. What's his name? Tobias Beckett. Tobias Beckett. That's it. <laughs> he would have been cool, right? He would have been uh, great. Put a Greedo in the game. Anyway. Put a Kira in the game. Resurrection. So, it's take, this takes place, like, right at the beginning of episode seven. Yeah. Hopefully, Battlefront, hopefully Battlefront 3 is better. I'm hoping. Mando and Ahsoka, please. But... Honestly, I'm not super hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. So uh, this is happening alongside episode seven, pretty much at the beginning, going to the end of it. Yep. Uh, Iden is teaching her daughter Zay Versio on how to safely fly X-wing fighters in a comet cluster when she is contacted by Shriv, now a member of the Resistance, aboard the Corvus over Paleo, urging her to meet him. Shriv tells her that he has been investigating the disappearance of families in the Genata system, and that Dell is nowhere to be found. They're taking kids and turning them into First Order members. Because they gotta explain that, because it's not self-explanatory. <laughs> when Finn kids. says it three times. You know what really kills me about this? Is it's taking place at the beginning of Episode 7. They're acting like this is a new thing. Yeah. I'm like... Finn's already a, like a first order soldier who would have been taken. From and we his got this movie like in 2015. Or so years ago, yeah, we got first Force Awakens in 2015. We got the explanation. They took them when they were kids. It's just cool, cool, cool. Mm. I, I think the, the writing mm. a little bit falls apart in the DLC. Yeah. What would have been a cool mission is if uh, Iden and Dell had to deal with um, the First Order initially coming down to try to take Zay away from them. Mm. Then you could have seen like a little Finn or something. Killing all the guys and going, what? Contacting um, Leia and going, the First Order, whatever, they're, they're trying to take my kid for servitude for to be a trooper. Mm-hmm. What's going on? And then time skip to now, where Dell's dead and then that happens. Just a, a, a better bridge, like you said. That would have been five years into it, you yeah, know? Just something that brings it a little bit closer together. Because this, 30 years later, here we are. It's yeah. just very jarring. Big stinky. I'm like, okay. But hopefully some of the shows that will come out will... Uh, I just want like Cal Kestis and Iden Verzio and Del Mico and Shriv to make appearances because it just makes sense. It'd be cool. It's dope. It'd be really cool. And you know what? That blue guy from Mandalorian, the Mithrin, doesn't have a name still. Mm -hmm. Just like Grogu's race doesn't have a name. I mean, especially because uh, the actress for Iden, Gina Ivankar, she looks exactly like Iden. Because they just mocapped her face. So That's the same thing they did the with show. Cal Kestis and Cameron Moynihan. You mocapped his face for a reason. I mean, I'm I'm totally expecting to see her. They're both in, actors. In the show. Dude, Iden Versio, uh, Jania Anikar, or have you pronounced her last name? She's an actress. She's not just a video game voice actor. She's been in. She's in the show The League for the Dude, longest time. You, you can tell by her performance. She she's really an actress. Brings a lot to yeah. this game. Like she gives a really good performance. Said when she dies, her death performance not too good. It's okay. We'll talk about it. It's okay. I mean, I, I get what... Well, her daughter really doesn't give much of a performance. Yeah. She's dying. A little flat, no offense. I, I was like, you're like low-key just watching your mom die, and you're having like zero emotional response to this. You're like, no. You're like, I love you, but also whatever. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Zay and... They travel to Athula. And they travel to Athula, located yeah. at the edge of the Janata system. A lot of Janata stuff. Yeah, I mean, they gotta make it so that it's... Because they made up a sense. system and they want to use They're it. Like, we gotta use it for our game. It's yeah. important. Uh, where the ship logs indicate the Corvus was last before landing on Paleo. In the orbit of, of Athula, they are reached out to by an Athulan who was in contact with Dell regarding the kidnapping of families by Janata Security. The signals jam. Suddenly, a Janata Security fleet commanded by Lima Kai shows up. Lima Kai. Cobra Kai. Hmm. and Zay attack the frigate and fend off the Janata fighters in a dogfight. Kai confesses to trafficking the families for Gleb before Ivan shoots him down. Boom, boom, boom. Fuck. 
and then they th- and, and then they threaten them with concussive grenades and like we don't have them they don't know that they don't know that don't such a good line, good line. <laughs> uh the three travel to bardos but as they remain behind in the corpses and it gets blown up see her past from there they witness a red spark in the sky I wonder, I wonder what that could be. Yeah, it was a star killer base. Yeah, star killer base going boom, boom, boom. Killing people. Good stuff. This is not good. When they reach the city, they find Gleb dead, betrayed by Hask, who has his men surround them. Hask reveals to the two that he murdered Del. They, they kidnap children of the family being turned into stormtroopers, and that the red spark is the destruction of the Republic's capital. Ba, 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 boom. Oh, no, so many bad things being told to us all at once. Yeah. They ordered the Corvus to be shot down, but to leave Aiden and Triv alive. They are able to escape, however, and find Zay alive in the city between the midst of battle. They're only, the they're only able to escape because the fucking rebels on Vardos show up, like the gang members on Vardos show up and fight the stormtroopers. So now the security starts fighting. That's what it is? Okay. Yeah, it's this, because they're... Uh, like the remnants of Bardos, the people who are still loyal to their home and Gleb, and basically, yeah, basically being betrayed. They're like, "Well, fuck you! Yeah. Like we're gonna defend us and ours now because clearly you guys are just using us." Yeah, uh, I gotta say, I really hated this part of the game. Really? Uh, not, like the not for the reasons you might think. Yeah, it's when they're like, "Oh, we gotta look for these crashed escape pods, oh, yeah. and we gotta see if Zay's in a." I, pref- I much prefer these scenarios where they're like, here's three objective points. One of them has the person that go you're looking find for. One. Go look. Go look at all of them. Yeah. Right. And maybe the one, maybe the first one you go to will be the one that she's in. Yeah, lucky. I hate it when they're like, go to this one. Oh, she's not in here, but we have to keep looking. All right. Well, there's another one over there. Go to that one. Oh, she's not in here, but we have to keep looking. There's a third one. Well, they're not going to make me do this more than three times. Oh, we found her! Yeah. <laughs> like, so stupid. It, it's that predictable storytelling that's yeah. really bad. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just story padding that I hate. That's fair. Uh, so the three steel TIE fighters and infantry has Star Destroyer jumps into hyperspace. Another thing I want to talk about. Hyperspace they jumping. flying TIE fighters inside of a Star Destroyer. Right next to the hyperdrive. Next to the hyperdrive. It does crash, as though. As it jumps. It does crash, though. We, we see all three of them crash and then get out of their pods. I don't think crashing is necessarily the outcome I would expect versus them just eviscerating to dust. Yeah. yeah. Very weird. And just being piles of goo. Being that close to the hyperdrive, you'd really think you'd fucking bop. This is kind of that thing where I'm like, all right, your storytelling is falling apart just a little bit because this makes zero sense. Doesn't, that doesn't even like remotely compute. It's a little bit weird, uh, yeah. So they steal Star Destroyer, uh, they steal TIE Fighters, and they... They're in it when it jumps to... They're in the Star Destroyer when it jumps to hyperspace. Yeah. And there they discover the First Order has rebuilt the Imperial Fleet, which is large enough to retake control over the entire galaxy in the unknown regions and download schematics to the First Order's dreadnought to take back to the Resistance. Um, I think these are the Star Destroyer, the plans for the Star Destroyer's Dust Star lasers, right? Yes. That's exactly what they are. The yeah, dreadnoughts so, so that are on Exegol. They set up for this all the way back in Battlefront 2. In and, episode and 7. it shows that it's having a little bit of a plan, but definitely not what they ended no, up with. they had something. Well, it's because they were working in tandem with uh, Colin Trevorrow, essentially, who was writing the original script for 9, and obviously Ryan Johnson. This might actually even be the dreadnought that's at the beginning of the movie. Might be. The one that they skip through? There's just too many big, stupid First Order ships for me to keep track of Too many of big all. Nazi Doritos. Exactly. That's a really good way to put it. <laughs> like, low-key. You're not wrong. <laughs> Little white Nazi Doritos. Yeah. Uh, all right. They're so, Cool Ranch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Well, sure. Well, sure finds means of escape. Biden's A-plant charges in the hyperspace generators. Before they can detonate them, 
Hask grabs Zay and holds her at gunpoint. Aiden lays down a blaster as Hask is about to shoot her. Zay punches him, causing him to drop his blaster. Hask throws her over the edge, over the ledge, and reaches for his blaster while Aiden grabs Zay, who hands her mother a blaster. Some blaster. Yeah. Aiden shoots Hask, who falls to his death, and lifts Zay back up. He detonates, charges the Star Destroyer, is ripped out of hyperspace at Starkiller Base. But Aiden reveals her blaster wound and dies in Zay's arm. And Zay just kind of looks at her mom like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> like, <dead>. literally. <laughs> and then she tells Shriv, and he's like, oh. So, I'm not, we're not even, like, slightly <laughs> overstating how this is. I implore anybody who thinks that we're lying about this to look up this scene. Or just play Resurrection just, or, or just three play missions. It. It's like and, an hour. And just watch Zay as she just looks at her mom dying in her arms, and she's like, unfortunately. She's like, mom? Mom, I'm like, she's obviously dead. Stop, just go. I'm like, I remember when Simba dropped the dad-dad line, and then, like, everybody in the movie theater was crying because he was, like, genuinely sad over his dead lion dad. I'm like, these are people. And she's like, Mom? Mom? Oh, well, I'll just get up and leave, I guess. She died a hero. She's going to Valhalla, baby. (laughs) And then Shriv is like, oh, where's Aiden? And she's like, she's not coming. And he's like... Oh well, <laughs> he's like, oh, she was she was good at what she did. Yeah, she was good at what she did. Yeah, that's really consoling. <laughs> that's what I want to hear, friendo. <laughs> Thanks, uh, so Zay witnesses the destruction of Zark of Starkiller Zar Killer Base. That'd be cool. Zar Killer. Russian Zar. <laughs> afterwards, she and Shrew escape a tie, escape in a Tie Fighter, but are stopped in orbit of Dakar, the location of the Resistance base. That's where the beginning ba, 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 of episode ba, ba, eight is. This is like two minutes before the beginning of episode ba, 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 eight. Uh, General Leia Organa personally contacts Zay and Trib, offering her condolences to Zay over Aiden's death, which is more than Zay did, and informing them that they are yeah. evacuating. Trib sends the Dreadnought schematics to Leia when she offers them a new mission to find their allies in the Outer Rim and to ju- accept and jump to hyperspace. So this is where I put my little note. Yeah. Zay is never visually seen again after this. However, she does appear... Uh, briefly in the novel Resistance Reborn where she informs Leia that they found some help and even visit the planet Baraka. Which is cool, cool. because Baraka. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker novelization also includes her among the people that arrive with Lando at the Battle of Exegol. Nice! But we don't actually get any more Zay. I'm yeah. honestly hoping that she, maybe they'll do some like episode 7, 8, 9 type show or something and they'll hopefully just drop I her. I believe in. they name drop her in... Um... Lego Droids Tales, or in it's possible All Star, or, or in Lego All Stars. I believe the name dropper. So I haven't really seen. A, I've really only seen the holiday special. Yeah, that's like the only Lego. You really got to get into the Lego content, dude. It's really good. I gave you the list of how you I can know, watch it. I just I'm so apprehensive because it's they're like very stupid. Very clearly like uncanon. Freemakers is canon. Fuck you. <laughs> or hands, nubs. <laughs> I told you about that. Yeah, you told me. I, I'm like, they can't openly make a comment about how they don't have hands, and it's canon. They go, I can hold it in my hands. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what? I, I'm like, dude, they can't talk about, like, not having hands and, and me considering it canon. Come on. I guess uh, they can. So, I do have a couple notes on Resurrection. For sure, dude. This thing when the Corvus blows up and they have to look for Zay. They really acted like they killed Zay for a minute. Um, a character who we just Zayas, met. Zayas. Yeah, right? <laughs> the mission where you have to look for her is visually cool, but annoying. <laughs> so Facts. it's basically what I said. Yeah. I'm just like, they really expect me to believe that their daughter, who we just met, and I expect us to build an emotional relationship with beyond this point. They're de- She's dead. We killed her. No, you didn't. I know for a fact you did. You can't yeah. even lie and say you did. I just know you didn't. You can't even so fucking that's lie. That's a thing. Yeah. And of course, the TIE fighter is uh, in a ship that's... Going to hyperspace it doesn't make any sense. So yeah. that's the resurrection DLC. What did you think, pal? Uh, 
it was okay. It was very much okay. <laughs> I, I like I, seeing... Honestly, if there was no more to your synopsis, oh, yeah. that would be perfectly fine. <laughs> I, I like seeing um, Shriv and Aiden come back years later with their with the daughter. I thought that was cool. I liked seeing Hask actually like alive, just like, bruh. Yeah. That was cool. It was cool. But visually, besides the visuals on the planets, everything else was kind of meh. Like, the gameplay loop was still there. I thought they'd change something up. Because you get that different. Kylo Ren mission where it's, like, slightly different, and you're like, okay, and then it's just the same shit. Yeah, and it's literally only three missions. How about the fact that there's no hero missions in this one? There's, there's just nothing. I mean, Aiden's a hero. And Kylo Ren She's counts. the main character of the campaign. It would have been better count. if Kylo Ren was in it. Because then Kylo Ren's the hero you play in Resurrection if they just moved a level back. Dude, would it, would it not have been cool if... It, and I get that it really has no place being there. Yeah. How cool would it have been if they just did like a quick cutaway, right? You see Starkiller base, and then it like cuts, uh-huh. and we get a game version of the fight between Rey and Kylo. That would be cool. That would be awesome. Just something, yeah. just something fun. Like, you've seen the movie. We're going to let you play this well, now. Well, we'll get that in Lego Star cool. Wars. Yeah, we'll get so. it in Lego Star Wars. We'll get it both times. Yeah. And they fight in 7 and in 9. Yeah. Oh, man. Everybody be ready. Jeff Keighley. Oh, no. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. Okay, we're going to talk about it in the next episode. That, we're not going to talk about it right now. That's the new... I have two bits of news for the next episode. It. Two brief ones. We're going to say <laughs> Three. Three news. I want to talk about Crimson Dawn. Keep Crimson Rain. All right. Uh, yeah, so... Closing thoughts on Battlefront 2 as a whole. As a whole, um, obviously we didn't talk too much about the multiplayer. It's the same. It, it's kind of just same it's fun shit. with friends. If you play by yourself, um, it's kind of meh. Yeah, we did a, um, this mostly for the campaign because we really are talking about just lore bits. It's canon. We're, yeah. trying, we're trying to get mostly lore bits. We're, out we're, on this, we're, I, I like to think we're a lore podcast at least. Yeah, we like to talk about the lore. Even if we're talking about the legend stuff, which we consider canonical because yeah. each shit because, because it totally could be because it's dope as fuck. Oh, Dawn of the Jedi could easily because there's no thing right now that's so in that same. timeline. By same with Old Republic. We're gonna be talking about. Uh, Force War at some point. Yeah, it's going to probably be the next couple episodes. It's going to be pretty lit. And then we got Rebels 3 and 4. And uh, then we're caught up on what we've already started so that we can just finish. watching Star Wars Rebels. And, uh, <laughs> and then, I, th- I don't know if I've made it apparent to the audience yet, but we accidentally covered Mace Windu before we covered Obi-Wan and Anakin, because that's supposed to come first. But yikes! Oh well. Whoopsie-daisy. I don't think anybody cares. No. I, I care personally. Yeah, so uh, overall, I think the Battlefront 2 campaign had a lot of like as many high points as it had, I think it had as equally as many low points. For sure, of just kind of monotonous bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, anybody who likes Star Wars and just enjoys getting more lore and seeing more of the universe, I do highly recommend just playing it. It's canon. Uh, play it on Explorer. Yeah, that way you can just run through it and it's not an issue. So I did. So I times. did recently because I just wanted to have the story for the podcast. Yeah. I was like, I need to. I need a refresher. Yeah, I just uh, finished Resurrection this morning. Good stuff, though. Yeah. Good stuff for the most part, anyway. Oh, yeah. It's just a shame that it kind of has to lead into the sequels, because y'all kind of know where we stand on those. Mm-hmm. Seven's good. Yeah. <laughs> Seven's good. Nine is fine. Mm-hmm. And eight is... Eight exists. And nine exists there are so many people. There are so many people that like eight, and I'm like, are you a fan, or are you? do you just like movies? Because if, if, ju- if you just watch eight by itself, with no other Star Wars knowledge... Eight visually, cinematically, is not a bad movie. I think the cinematography for Eight is yeah. amazing. Because Ryan Johnson is I a good filmmaker. Even if I'm not a Star Wars fan, though, I'm just bored. Oh, that's fair. I'm just bored with it. Because I, I, I can take a step back and look at it from a non-Star Wars fan's perspective, and I can go, this is a solid movie. It's got a lot of good set pieces, it's got a lot of decent dialogue, and it's got a plot that's keeping me aware of what's going on in a wider universe if I don't have any context. Having all the context... 
knowing everything behind the scenes, being a fan and liking a lot of the lore, very stupid, and I didn't like it. I think Canto Bite for non-fans is an enjoyable sequence. For sure. I think, I still, and I 150,000% believe this, they're a resistance. They're not an organized military faction. Yeah. Um, anybody who's watching the interactions between Poe and Holdo is just going to be like, this is stupid. Yeah. This is so stupid. This is beyond stupid. <laughs> it's literally a guy asking for some direction, and you're like, we're just going to sit here and wait to die. And you're just going to have to trust me. It's like this, literally all you have to do is tell him what the plan We've is. been given no notes on who she is or why we she should trust her, that. but she we have to. She's a novel. Because Ryan Johnson goes, she, we have to trust her. And, and that's what kills me. She's a novel after the movie. Is they write, they write these She's in movies, the comics now, they're though. they're like, it's okay if we write these movies this way. Because we're just going to release content that comes after that if people really want to know, they can check it out. It's yeah. like, how about you introduce us to characters that are actually like interesting? Like the prequels, they introduce us to Qui-Gon Jinn, and just as quick as they introduce us to him, they fucking kill the guy. Yep, and so, then more of his stuff like, is released in Master like, and Apprentice. You guys know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is? He's here. You guys know who Darth Vader is? He's here. He's just not Darth Vader right now. Yeah. You know? It's like, these are the characters we're going to focus yeah. on. Bringing in Holdo and kind of replacing Leia for a majority of the movie with Holdo, I'm like, no. Yeah, bad. Could have just easily had Admiral Akbar do it, a character you already had, yeah, he and he could have done his trademark. It's a trap. He, he should have dropped that before they died. So stupid. He dies in nine, right? He dies in eight. Really? When, uh, when they get blown out of the ship, and Leia does her space Mary Poppins. Oh, he does die. Yeah, he's uh, he's in the room. I think that. it would have been better if he wasn't there, and Holdo was there, and Holdo dies, just because Holdo is a character I don't care for. It. We brought Laura, Laura Dern in. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like the first 20 minutes of the movie she's just out but then Admiral Akbar could have done the same thing what are they doing <gasps> and right as they're about to say it's a trap he goes it's a trap yeah, I've I, said it a million times I, it's so good so much better I think so it just better. got a little bit too convoluted there with the whole thing yeah. but yeah ultimately uh, Battlefront 2 that's it Battlefront 2 is good we did it play it that, that's another uh, another story in the book that's the episode folks that's, that's the whole episode <laughs> we did it alright we talked about it and we liked it right, I gotta do the closer <laughs> I was like, I was, I was ready. I was waiting for you to hit us with the with the, with your little closer. Where the fuck is it? I, this can, one. I can, I can. No, I got it. Thanks for listening. You can follow the podcast at Farthest Galaxy on Instagram and Twitter to keep up to date with the news, uh, with the episodes as they release and what we will be covering. You can follow me, Hunter, at Scruffy Moose Man, and Alex at the Dude Kenobi. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. Yes, and may the force be with you, and also with you. It's a trap. <laughs>